We're using it as an ad, even though we didn't create it. And it's performing really well. That's the kind of impact. If you can connect with someone who is an, a key opinion leader or has a lot of influence in your niche and they can create a video and that video generates a lot of organic engagement, you can use that video as an ad as well. And in this case, it works really well. This is the Customer Acquisition Show, the podcast that helps you turn complete strangers into repeat customers and grow your business. Hello and welcome to the Customer Acquisition Show. I am your host, Tom Meredith, the VP of Marketing here at Tier 11. And today we're talking all about YouTube and we're joined by our uh, two of our Google and YouTube experts. Nick goes by the title of Lord of the Googles. So he, he, being part of the Google ecosystem, he has quite a bit of experience with YouTube. And our resident YouTube guru, Will, he's also a growth strategist here at Tier 11. Welcome, fellas. Good hey, to be here, Tom. It's great. Great to be here. Yeah. So Nick, you're always on, but this is your first time. What should Will expect, Nick? Oh, a lot of fun banter, a lot of conversations that probably go in some directions that we weren't expecting. <laughs> and we get to hear Will's magnificent Irish accent. Yeah, it's one of the highlights for team calls at Tier 11 is getting Will just to talk about anything. He probably has to do more <laughs> presentations than most people because of it. Yeah, <laughs> the Irish accent is a hot commodity around Tier 11. <laughs> so we spent quite a lot of time on the show talking about Google and meta platforms, but we don't really haven't really got too deep into the weeds of YouTube. So what's like a basic one-on-one of YouTube advertising in general and specifically part of how you think about it within like our camp ecosystem? Yeah, so for me, like, kind of one of the fundamental differences between YouTube and some of these other platforms like Facebook or TikTok is the level of intent that people have when they visit YouTube is so much higher than when they're say on TikTok or Facebook when generally people are just there to kind of waste time or just for entertainment. There's a high portion of people who go to YouTube with a specific intent. So they're either there to learn something, to figure out how to do something. And yeah, they're there basically sitting at their laptop a lot of the time. They're on, people visit YouTube, obviously on their mobile as well. But I think probably a higher portion of people will visit YouTube on a laptop because they're there to take in content and to learn. There's obviously also a good portion of people who go to YouTube just for entertainment and to waste time as well. And especially now with YouTube shorts becoming more popular. But the audience and the way I like to look at YouTube is those people is trying to target in the early stages anyway, those people who have a very high intent because that's where you're going to get the best results. Yeah, that's how I'm looking at YouTube and the kind of fundamental differences between YouTube and some of the other platforms that we're marketing on. So if we kind of frame that with like our normal platforms we talk about where Facebook and TikTok ads generally interrupt people's entertainment or just general lazy scrolling experience, but people on going with Google ads, they're usually seeing ads that are relevant to the specific thing that they are searching and very similar for the on the video side with youtube is that right yeah exactly it's i suppose it's closer to yeah google search the way i like to use it going after intent closer to google search than it is some of these more social platforms like google tiktok or sorry facebook tiktok uh snapchat how do you approach like the, I guess, thinking about even coming up with some creative for YouTube? I mean, I know there's quite a few different placements. I guess maybe we started the placements and then start thinking about different types of creative to go on. 
Yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit about targeting first, and then we can talk about the creatives. The way I see it, to be successful on YouTube, there's a couple of things you need first. First of all, you're going to need a really good offer or a strong offer. If you don't have an offer, it's like anything. You're not going to have anything, basically. You can have the best ads, the best targeting, the best account structure in the world. But if you don't have a solid offer, people aren't going to be interested. People aren't going to buy from you. After the offer, you're going to need a really good funnel or a landing page. So let's just presume that somebody has them. The next important, most important thing is going to be the ads. Then you have targeting and then you have account structure. So that's the way I see it. And once you have those five elements in place, then you can scale YouTube and be very successful on YouTube. So I'm going to just presume when we're talking today that people have an offer, people have a funnel. So I'm mostly going to focus on the ads and the targeting. The reason I wanted to talk about the targeting first is because there's been some recent developments in the targeting, some big changes from YouTube. A lot of people were calling this the debt of YouTube, but I don't think it is. I think it just changes the landscape, simplifies things, makes things a lot easier. And what has happened in early 2023 is YouTube has taken away content targeting. So now the only type of targeting we can do on YouTube is targeting. And sorry, I should preface this is it's only for conversion campaigns. So you can still do content targeting with cost per view bidding. But if you're running conversion campaigns, which typically they're the majority of the campaigns that we currently run in the agency, the only targeting that you can do now is audience targeting. So yeah, I suppose it simplifies things. It scared a lot of people away from YouTube, in my opinion. I can see in some of the circles and that I follow on Twitter and things like that. And on YouTube, it's pushed a lot of people outside. People who are getting into YouTube, it's scared them because a lot of people had built strategies around content targeting, placement mining, keyword targeting, topic targeting. Like This typically was where we saw the best results as well, because you could get very granular. You could target very specific. Whereas now with audience targeting, it's a lot broader. Yeah, there's still a lot you can do. It's just, it's changed up the game. It's made the creatives become a little bit more important. You're going to have to put a lot more work into your creative strategy. And look, you can still do a lot more targeting on YouTube. I think compared to Facebook, there's still a lot, even with audience targeting on YouTube, there's still a lot more you can do on YouTube compared to Facebook. Like you can still do custom intent audiences. So you can preload a bunch of keywords into the audience builder and build an audience around that. You have in-market audiences, you have affinity audiences, you have detailed demographics. I don't think there's any other ones. I can't do the other ones, but there's still a lot you can do on the targeting side. Yeah. So when you're talking about content targeting that's going away, like mm-hmm. an example of that might be like somebody searching for reviews of like the best five t-shirt brands that you would want your t-shirt brand to show up as the ad for. Is that what you mean by the content targeting or is that still? Yeah. So what we used to do is we could just like preload like a thousand placements into the ad platform. And so a placement being either a specific YouTube video or a specific YouTube channel. Let's say you're a YouTube coach teaching people how to do YouTube advertising. I might use a software to pull out a bunch of placements around how to create the perfect YouTube ad or how to get more clients for my YouTube agency, things like that. So you would type in those keywords and you could pull all of the placement to come from those keywords. So it was very specific to what you do as a business and very specific to the keywords. And yeah, that's content targeting. So you're targeting content, you're targeting videos, you're targeting channels. 
you're targeting topics. So there was a topic targeting was like advertising would be a topic. And then YouTube categorizes a bunch of videos in that topic or running is a topic. And there's a bunch of videos around that. So that was very powerful and keywords as well. So yeah, they've all gone away and now it's audience targeting. So now it's like similar to Facebook, interest targeting. There's still a bunch that you can do on the audience side. So you have in-market. So this is people who are in the market for headphones or affinity. So it's people who have an affinity for rock music, things like that. And then the custom audiences, like I said, you can preload it with what are the best headphones. It's amazing when you look at some of the audiences for targeting on YouTube, how granular they get. For example, if you're selling wallets, you can go down to targeting people who are interested in certain brands of wallets and it gets that specific. Now, what's amazing is for some things, it's that granular, but then for other products, it's really not. For example, if you're a an account recently that is selling outdoor structures like pergolas, and it's very hard to get an audience there that's that specific. You can get home and garden enthusiasts and it's close, but it's pretty still pretty obtuse. So for some products, though, you can get it so granular. People who are actively searching for your specific product, it's incredible. I think that's where, along with Performance Max, you can use those audience targeting too. But I think that's what Google's trying to do, trying to use the signals for being in market or having an affinity with a certain topic or identity. And I think it's the way I've always looked at it is that Facebook's really good at targeting people based on who they are. And YouTube has been great at targeting people based on what they've been doing and what they're interested in. But I think they're starting to get closer now to that who they are with the affinity audiences as well. Yeah. And it's all, I think it's also simplified things a lot. So before you had so many different uh, targeting options, whereas now you don't have as many, you're really just testing those audiences. And then I'll talk about account structure in a little bit, but I would always only have one type of targeting. So one type of audience per campaign, and then you could run that for a month. And then there's other levers that you can pull. So you could turn off specific ads in the ad set, or you could turn off certain demographics. You can even turn off different household incomes. You can turn off genders if you wanted, but that's quite a big move to make. But there is still these other levers that you can pull as you've gathered enough data on a campaign. Very interesting is that Google is actively encouraging as much as they can to use the optimized targeting, which basically means they pre-select a box that's going to be applied unless you deselect it which means Google will go beyond your targeting selections to go and target basically whoever it thinks is mm. going to convert. It's a very, I have not yet seen this work. So I always turn it off, but I'm sure it's going to get better. But for the moment, it's something to watch out for if you're setting up a YouTube campaign. Make sure you go into your targeting and deselect optimized targeting especially if you're running a retargeting campaign because you're, if you're running a campaign to your website visitors and you have that selected, it's going to go out and target cold traffic. So very, yeah, very important one to watch out for. So talking about like setting up the campaigns, is that all done through the same Google Ads Manager? Or did you go somewhere else for that? Yeah, yeah so it's all part of Google Ads. And this is what kind of makes YouTube an interesting phenomenon with Google Ads in that Google has the search ads, obviously, and then display and the shopping ads, which the shopping ads will show in the search engine. And the display ads will show on the websites. 
But YouTube is its own platform, its own entity, which Google acquired, but they've put the ads. You don't have a separate YouTube ads platform, which sometimes I think might make things a little simpler. But now they've got YouTube as part of the Google ad. It's very interesting to see how they interact with other campaigns, especially Performance Max, because Performance Max will run YouTube as well. So yeah, to answer your question, YouTube setting up the campaigns all done through the Google ads platform mm. too. Yeah, it's all in the one. And like you said, Nick, it, it almost is like its own beast. And I think that's probably one of the things that makes it so powerful is obviously is because it's part of that whole Google ecosystem already. And it has all of the AI that currently exists with Google and they have all of these touch points. So even if you're targeting somebody who has an affinity for a certain running, for example, or like running shoes or in the market for running shoes, you could be targeting something somebody who's in the market so they've showed signals they've visited sites with running shoes but then you're also going to target these other people that google has predicted through its ai that like you certain certain kind of behaviors online with this person so you're going to be also showing to those people so it's the whole ai that google has that makes youtube so powerful that com combined with the intent that people have when they're on youtube also, the fact that people have to watch five seconds. So I know we'll probably talk about creative in a little bit, and this will be a very important part about that. But the fact people are forced to watch five seconds of an ad, like when you think about it, is crazy. <laughs> Which like, everybody loves. Like, everybody loves yeah. when they're watching YouTube and they love to see those ads, of course. Oh, they love not, it, yeah. <laughs> but if, No, but if you, can, if you can use that five seconds like effectively enough and get your branding in there, it's really going to stand out. It's not in like the right way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. In the right way, get, get your brand out there. Like people are scrolled past your video on YouTube or on Facebook on mute, like TikTok. like mm. one second is probably a long time on TikTok. Things are moving so fast over there. So yeah, yeah I think it's, it's really powerful that we actually have that five seconds. So if I'm a brand and I'm currently like, having success on Facebook and TikTok, how should I think about migrating over or testing out YouTube? Yeah, so I would probably think about it similar like what we were saying is a very high intent for YouTube. So you need to figure out like what is the intent of your target audience? What types of things are they searching? What type of things are they going to Google for and YouTube obviously? And what are they searching what are those keywords around your brand that they are searching for? And how can you answer those queries? And how can you address those queries in your ad? And specifically, hopefully in the first five seconds to grab their attention. But yeah, I would say that's one of the one of the first things you need to think about is like, what is the intent of your audience? Certain ads, the video ads that you might be running on Facebook or TikTok that are just capturing attention that are interrupting people, they might not necessarily work on YouTube. I think that's a really, really good point. And you think about the mind space people are in when they're on a social platform, they're scrolling that feed. And then the purpose of the videos you run on Facebook or TikTok is to stop them scrolling. And those ads also have, ideally, they have to fit with the platform. We find certain videos that work on Facebook sometimes are not the most polished and produced looking ads. And if you're running ads on TikTok, you really don't want them to look like ads. They should look like TikToks. That's why TikTok's slogan was, don't make ads, make TikToks. And now for YouTube, especially now that more and more people are watching YouTube on TV, the quality generally has to be high. 
And that's the audio. That's a big one because you can probably get away with maybe not so much of a produced video, but if the audio is enough to scratch, it's going to stand out in a bad way when people are watching YouTube. So those things need to be taken into consideration that, like Will was saying, those first three seconds, you're trying to get people to get their thumb away, their finger away from the skip button because they're going to be there. They're going to be like, I want to skip. I'm going to watch that countdown. But you want to get them to look and be like, oh, stop them from hitting that skip button. All those things come into play. So I should have like realistic expectations that just because I wasn't, I was successful on TikTok and Facebook, I should not expect them to be successful on YouTube ads. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. going to be a new test. And now, right, YouTube so then- shorts. now YouTube shorts. Here's where the change is because this is the short form video and it's presented in a different way to TikTok. It's not the vertical scrolling feed. Well, actually, hang on. Once you start watching YouTube shorts, maybe it is, but it's still the no. short form video. We've actually seen that running successful TikTok ads or even TikTok posts on YouTube Shorts can work very well. And same with if you have Instagram stories or reels that work well on that platform, they can translate to TikTok and to YouTube Shorts because it's still that short form, very fast moving, short attention span content. Yeah. I would look at YouTube Shorts and YouTube like skippable in-stream ads as not two different platforms, but two completely different things. Yeah, I have a theory about YouTube Shorts, and that is, it is people interact with it completely different than TikTok. This is based off of my own personal experience. I think people treat YouTube Shorts like a high-intent TikTok, where they'll see something they're interested in, click it, and likely click back to find something else they're interested in, versus just looking to be continually entertained. Mm. But, yeah, it's a little bit. Because to access the YouTube Shorts, you have to go to YouTube and you may be already like opening YouTube to see, browse for something and you're on your phone, but then you scroll down, it'll suggest like a Shorts. So you click from that from the main YouTube. You're not opening up YouTube right away and like TikTok, boom, there's all my short form videos, scroll, scroll. You kind of have to access it in a, in a different way on, on YouTube. Yeah, I actually had to delete TikTok just because it was I was just taking up too much of a time suck, too addictive. I was like, no, this is gone. Yeah, but I now I just find myself. It's yeah. amazing what they did. They made it most addictive. Yeah, but now I just substitute it with YouTube Shorts. Ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we started to head down this creative road a little bit. The first thing is treat it differently than your other platforms and think about how your user is going to be interacting with the video. So that's like the first five seconds have to be really engaging. We also talked about production quality of making sure that audio is solid. What are some other ways to think about the creative? Should I be, the way I think of it is like, should I be creating like high production TV quality ads or should I be going more towards, we call it more like native advertising where you're trying to create a YouTube YouTube video that works Mm -hmm. as an ad? Yeah, like I think people expect a much higher production quality on YouTube. So there's nothing wrong with producing very high quality production if you have the budget if you have the ability to do that but that's not to say there's not also a happy medium i've also seen ads working well that would look more native almost to facebook people walking down this 
down the street, like holding up a, an iPhone and doing a recording like that. But it's just very good content and the content is matching the at- intent. So like maybe the first five seconds of the ad is calling out the specific keyword that somebody typed in. Now, I know that keyword content targeting is now gone. That's a little bit different. But that's not to say that you still can't, you can still definitely accept a lower production quality on YouTube. But like Nick said, just make sure that the audio quality is really good. And I'd also just in general, I'd probably try to have a higher level of production quality compared to kind of TikTok and Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I think the audio quality is like easily fixed by a lot of things. I was going to try to pull it out. I know Rode makes some really cool wireless lav mics. I've got the DJI one and it'll plug straight into your iPhone. So even if you want to do like a walk and talk, just get one of those and plug it Mm. in and it'll sound so much better. And I think that's the biggest hurdle for anybody watching a video is if it doesn't sound good, they don't want to be, take a part of it because that just takes too much mental energy to listen through. Yeah. And that's like I was saying, you can have a video that the visual production isn't so great, but the audio is a really high quality but when you have the other way around it it can really it just changes the experience so much yeah all right let's see what else we have here nick this is a topic that you brought up and youtube and performance max oh yes how do they work together do i even need youtube if i'm running performance max yeah this is such a good topic to delve into because i remember when google's Okay, we're rolling out Performance Max, and this is it's going to be running on all channels. At first, we looked at it, and I remember Will and I were having discussions like, wow, does this mean YouTube's going to be gone as a ads channel, specific ads channel? And no, definitely not. YouTube is still is yeah, not going anywhere for now. We'll see. But the what's really interesting was we actually thought okay this is going to be a way for our clients who maybe have don't have the budget to really test on youtube fully because look youtube is a cost intensive platform compared to facebook if you want to find out what creative what messaging what hooks work well in your market and find that out as quickly as you can go to paid social go to facebook run those tests and you can create the sandboxes you can do that in a much more cost effective manner now, YouTube's going to take time, and Will will tell you it's going to take time, it's going to take money. And now once you find what works, it tends to be more stable than paid social. It, it takes the time and money to get there. So when Performance Max came out, we thought, well, maybe this is a way our clients who don't right at the moment have the budget to really test on YouTube, they can test YouTube in Performance Max. Unfortunately, that didn't. That turned out not to be the case because what happens is if you're not running YouTube in your account and you run Performance Max, Performance Max is going to spend very little on YouTube. Now, Performance Max is like a chameleon that kind of, not a chameleon, but it, it just kind of adapts to what's already in the, in the account. So if you run Performance Max in a very YouTube-heavy account, then you're going to find Performance Max runs a lot of YouTube. But if you run a lot of search and shopping, then it's going to run mostly on those channels. And every now and again, it might run a little bit on YouTube. So it's not the solution we were hoping for in terms of for our clients who have a smaller budget for them to be able to run YouTube ads. That's but still very interesting to see how Performance Max and YouTube interact. When you start running YouTube and you haven't run it in an account before, after a little bit of time, you'll see Performance Max. You'll see the YouTube spend start coming up and it starts learning. And so I haven't, I've heard of this happening, but I haven't personally experienced it. 
But what Performance Max can do is can kill other campaigns. It's like it can appropriate the traffic from other campaigns. So if you're running a search campaign and you run Performance Max and Performance Max sees what's working, it'll just go, oh, okay, I'll just take all that traffic. Thank you. And start using it. And you're, all the spend for the search campaign just tanks and Performance Max takes it. Now, I've heard of that happening with YouTube too, that if of an account where YouTube is running, Performance Max, they started with Performance Max and then Performance Max just was like, oh, these YouTube ads work great. I'm going to appropriate all of those and YouTube spend just tanked. But that's very rare. So you can run both together. Is that a problem if it does that? Or is that just, okay? It depends on the performance. I think it's actually the performance is strong and where you want it to be, then I think it's actually a really great thing because Performance Max will use YouTube to get the top of funnel traffic in just the right amount to, to bring back to retarget with the other campaigns. But in general, I think it's just, it's amazing to watch how Performance Max will learn from the YouTube campaigns. But it's still everything we've talked about in terms of what you need to be successful on YouTube, everything that Will brought up, you still need that. You still need the offer, a great website or landing page, and you need the right content, really good videos. Without those things, YouTube is, it's very unlikely YouTube's going to work. And Performance Max isn't going to fix that either. For YouTube to work, period, you need all of those things which we brought up today. Yeah, so thinking, going back to like, how do I figure out what to create for YouTube? I know on Facebook, I can go to page transparency and look and see what my competitors are doing ad-wise. I, is there anything like that with Google or YouTube? I know we've always wanted that, but I feel like I've never found that. There is actually, yeah. I, so I can I can pull up my screen here. So basically, anybody who sees an ad across YouTube can go. So you can see this is an ad that has popped up before a running video that I was about to watch. It's for a running brand. And then you can see it's hidden down here, this little eye. So if you click this ad center, you can see some details about the advertiser. And then see here, see more ads from this advertiser. You can click in. And it will basically show you all of the ads that this advertiser is running. And then you can filter it by like time frame. So I'm looking at all time here, say last 30 days. And then you can look at each specific country they're running ads in. So if you want to look at just the US, I'm in Ireland now, so it's just defaulted there. And then you can look at the type. So image, text, video. So that would be like their display ads, Google search ads, and the YouTube ads. And obviously then you can click in and you can actually watch the video. So like an amazing piece of competitor research that we've never had before. And it's all for free. It's provided by Google. So you can yeah go in there, watch their videos, break it down, divulge their video and take some inspiration from that. Or yeah, what angles, see what, see what types of video ads they're running. I just tested this out on, you can also do this with just Google ads, right? Yeah, yeah. Google search or display. So I don't have to keep scrolling through YouTube trying to find an no, like ad. Any, so I want. Yeah, on a display so. ad, I think it's they have three dots. And maybe it's the same on Google search. I think it's there's three dots and you just see more. Yeah, which I think is a really cool thing. And if we're being targeted with all the data that Google and Facebook have on us, it's all right for us to be able to click on something and see who's actually targeting us. And But it's also as advertisers. And if you're doing this online advertising in-house for your company, then this is a really powerful tool to see what your competitors are doing. I think it's yeah, even more powerful than the Facebook one because Facebook, you have to know the brand to go look for. Here, I can I just search for best t-shirts and I'm going to see what the competitors are, whether I know who they are or not. Right. So as a, yeah. Yeah, as a tool, you can use it 
for anything, just because if you're going to search something, you're going to get an ad for it, whether it's a brand ad or something else. Yeah. And if it's a big brand and they've been running that ad for a couple of months, so you can see, okay, this is obviously going to be a good headline or they wouldn't be running it. So there's so much that you can take from that. That's super smart. We're going to have to have you make a TikTok on that one, Will. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. Heading on to one of our favorite things to do is speculate. So what are your guys' predictions for YouTube in the future? YouTube advertising specifically. Yeah. What do you think, Nick? It seems like they're taking away more and more controls and you know, it's becoming more of a black box. This optimized targeting that we talk about later, I think that's really, yeah, Google's like I said, it's fun to speculate, but I think when I put my tinfoil hat on, Google's dream is to not need us, not need the advertisers, go straight to the businesses and make it so easy for them to run their ads. And maybe they're going to be doing this through AI, even creating the videos through AI, which they're actually already doing with Performance Max. Right now, those videos are pretty terrible, but they're probably only going to get better. So I'm not going to veer off into the AI tangent there. I think one of the things that I, and I think Performance Max, this could be the vision for Performance Max too. I think we're going to see YouTube, say Google video placements in more screens other than phones and computers are watching YouTube on their TVs. I know I do. That's mostly where I watch YouTube now. My remote has a YouTube button built into it. So I'll go there and I'll watch it like I'm watching streaming. It's like a streaming platform. I think Google is going to find their way into the streaming platforms. So the video ads will have inventory there and placements. And I think this could even go as far as like cinemas and having been able to add, run ads in cinemas. And then with Performance Max is able to connect the dots and track the customer journey all the way from say movie theater all the way down to a brand search. That's and in Google's big conference last year, they had this section on TV and movies and they had Reese Witherspoon's producer on there. And I was like, why, have they, why is this in the Google conference? So I was like, oh, I put my tinfoil hat on and oh, maybe this is why they're doing this. That's my little fun thing to predict. Have no data, no nothing to back up that at all other than my imagination, but could be. How about you, Will? Your tinfoil hat. Yeah, possibly maybe just them taking away more controls. Like I could see maybe the custom audience option going away soon and you just have Google's pre-built ones, maybe even not being able to do YouTube on its own. Like it has to be combined with the search and the display. So essentially a performance max campaign, like maybe that would be the only way to do YouTube. I hope that it doesn't go that way, but I wouldn't be too surprised with the way things have been moving over the last number of months. Yeah, I think that would be my prediction. I think YouTube is Google's most important advertising platform going forward. Mm. Whoa. And that's, yeah. And that is because of ChatGPT and Bing. If all interaction with websites is through these little text boxes, all the search and display ads are really going to diminish in their performance and their ability to be shown to people. But you, unless you're paying for YouTube premium, you're not going to get away from YouTube ad, ads. Mm. Yeah. yeah. 
Very interesting. Yes, very. Yeah, there's also been big developments with YouTube Shorts. So I know they've, for creators, they're doing like a 50-50 ad revenue split now. So there's this huge opportunity for creators to earn on YouTube Shorts now compared to TikTok. Obviously, the audience isn't as big. So I could see, yeah, a lot more kind of resources and a lot more of attention going towards YouTube Shorts, like in terms of advertising. Yeah. Talking a little bit about ChatGPT and other machine learning, like generative AIs. Are you guys using any of those for YouTube and Google right now? Yeah, I actually use it a lot for like helping come up with different variations around copy for scripts in particular. The way I look at or the way I'm looking or approaching creatives at the minute is it's almost like a modular approach or how I'm calling it is like a list of ingredients. So you have all of these different things. Some of them are essential for a successful video ad, such as everybody needs a hook. Everybody needs to present what they're offering or present a problem solution. You're going to need a call to action. And then you have all of these different elements that you can add in there, like a soft call to action, credibility, testimonials, action steps, audience call out, pre-qualifiers, things like that. So I like to looking at the YouTube ad library, break down competitors' ads into things like that, take inspiration, use ChatGPT then to come up with different variations for some of those ingredients or like taking some of the best video ads that we use that we that somebody might have on Facebook or another channel and seeing, okay, how can we adapt this to YouTube and how can we adapt this to to work for certain intent or in certain yeah, around certain intent for that brand. And yeah, I definitely use ChatGPT a lot for that, coming up with variations, but it's always checked. I rarely get to use it just as it comes out of ChatGPT. It definitely helps the brain come up with new variations. Yeah, I think it is also it is a great way to come up with scripts, especially if you don't have a strong video script writer, taking your product page and and putting all that into ChatGPT and telling it to write a script based around like the ADA framework, attention, interest, decision, mm -hmm. action, and make sure the five, first five seconds are very engaging and yeah. have that as your starting point for the script that you're going to end up shooting for a YouTube ad. Yeah, exactly. And just even if you're not a professional copywriter like me, I wouldn't really consider myself very good at copywriting at all. But I found like now with the introduction of ChatGPT, you can really almost just take your time and sit back, read the script, put it through some kind of a voice voice command. So get it to read it back to you and just take a couple of days and you can definitely come up with some very good scripts and some very good copywriting, even if you're not a copywriter. That's what I've found. Yeah. Yeah, for like, good. I was going to say the script, one script that we like to use, brilliant script and that I will has a lot of experience with this script too. It's a formula developed by our friend Tom Breeze, uh, you know, very respected authority in, in, in YouTube ad space. And I've actually used ChatGPT to basically write scripts using this formula, which is called Educate, which is it stands for attention, difficulty, understanding, credibility, action teach and exit and each one of these sections is it's a brilliant script it really leads people and it's just very clever and each section has its own function but i was actually able to train ChatGPT to write some scripts using this just by putting in the prompts say at, pretend you're a person looking for this and or sorry you're you're selling this particular product and this is the difficulty the customers are having and it would write 
versions of the script who would write one, I'd say, great, write another one, make it more funny, write another one, make it more serious and professional sounding. And it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, that's exactly. It's so good for coming up with spinning up different variations that you just wouldn't think about yourself. Or if you were to think about it, it'd probably take a long time. And that Educate formula, Nick, that was the original modular video script, I think. But yeah, right. what I've found over the last while, there's so many new elements now that I've kind of been able to bring into that. And you can chop and change and bring them around. And sometimes the hook doesn't even have to be in the first five seconds. Maybe it's right. the pre-qualifier or the audience call out. And yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's a great formula. So when we were talking a little bit before the show, you said that the learning curve is so steep for YouTube. Why is that? And how can I as an amateur media buyer get around that? I think it's just the whole way it's set up. You have to create a Google ad account. You have to create a YouTube account. You have to connect them. You have to get your tracking set up. And then once you're in there, there's just like a bunch of, even just setting up, creating the campaign, there's so many different like options you have to click. So you really have to know what you're doing. Like Facebook or TikTok, they really kind of walk you through it a lot more. So I think it was just the amount of control that people had confused a lot of people. Now, I do think it's simplified more recently now that they've taken away the content targeting. But even still, I think if you jump into Google Ads and you just try to create a YouTube campaign, it's a lot harder to do it from scratch compared to Facebook or TikTok or any of those. There's just so many options. And then also the fact that it's so reliant on the creative and really good creative that also adds that other level of difficulty so you really have to know how to make good creatives how to set up your account how to structure your account test those creatives and yeah it's more expensive than most of the other platforms as well so it's costly as well when you make these mistakes are there any uh, recommendations you have for somebody braving those waters yeah probably again it's going back to the intent think of the intent and what's how can you what is the, like the strongest intent that you think your target audience is searching for and create ads around that intent and answer that in the first five seconds capture their attention really give away valuable content and then like simplify things as much as possible so when you're creating a campaign only have one ad set and only have one type of targeting in that ad set. So let's say it's one campaign, one ad set, the audience is an in-market audience. And then you could even have one ad, one ad in that as well. So just keep it very simple. So if it doesn't work, you can turn it off. Now, I don't always follow that rule. Sometimes I like to have two or three ads in a campaign, but I would definitely always only have one type of targeting. I think too, looking for click-through rate, it's not always a good thing, but it can be a really great signal of if an, if an ad's effective. And a view rate of the, you know, watching um, the percentage of people who watch past those first five seconds, what attention you're capturing. You need to watch out for that one too. See, yeah, unless you're a really big brand, you obviously you want your ads to drive awareness, but also traffic to the website and conversions. Now, if you go and spend a lot of time and even a lot of money and a lot of budget on creating a video like uh, that's going to capture the attention of everybody, then you're going to have a really high view rate, but you're not going to be qualifying your audience. So one of the modules I love in the this Educate formula is in the first few seconds say, hey, if you're selling brown wallets, this is a silly example, but if you're not in the market for wallets like this. And then also in that five seconds as well, you can presume people are going to 
a lot, most of people are probably going to skip it. So make sure you get your branding in there as well. Get your logo in there. Make sure they know who you are. So then when you follow up with a retargeting ad or they see on another platform, they've already been exposed to your brand. As an advertiser, when do I pay for an ad? Is it after they after the five seconds before the, if somebody just sees it right away? Yeah. So for the only types of ads I really like to run on YouTube are skippable in-stream ads. So there's the non-skippable ones as well. You've seen those. So the only ones I like to run are what the ones where you can skip after there's a three or five seconds, but then you will only pay after 30 seconds. So if somebody watches 15, 20 seconds and then skips, you're not going to pay for that. It's only, you're only going to pay after 30 seconds. But if they click on the call to action within any time, like five seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, you're also going to pay for that click. So you'll only pay either if they click or watch past 30 seconds. So even though it is more expensive, you're definitely paying for higher intent actions. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. Nice. You started to talk a little bit about account structure, like with the one campaign, one ad set, one ad. Are there any other ad structure tips you have? That's it, really. I would try and keep everything else as broad as possible unless of course like it's you have a product or service that is like only for women or only for men there is some things out there like that obviously then you can do that but in general i try to keep like genders age ranges household income device targeting i like to keep all of those open at the start and run that traffic for at least a month and then maybe if you're seeing like some really negative signals on certain demographics or anything like that then you can start to optimize kind of one at a time very slowly. And then we've talked a little bit about attribution being difficult with YouTube. Like how do you talk to your customers about the attribution and the value of YouTube advertising versus something that might be maybe a little bit more direct? Yeah. Like I like to sometimes look at YouTube, even like it's closer to nearly a TV advertisement because people are sitting there with that very high intent. They're there to consume content they expect to see advertisements like they do with a television. They also have a very strong branding element. Like if your ad does a good enough job in the first five seconds and they do skip the ad, there's a good chance there, if it's a good enough, if you squeeze enough quality into those five seconds, they might. there's a good chance they might Google search your brand. Or even if they watch past 30 seconds, but they don't click, okay, I'm going to watch what I'm actually here to watch. They'll probably, okay, I'll go back. And what was that brand that was talking about those new innovative running shoes or that agency that was talking about how to do a YouTube advertising? They would go and do a Google search after that. So you have to also think of the quality of the ad that you're getting in front of people and the mind state that they're in when they're watching that as well. Nice. Okay, so just to... Uh kind of wrap all that idea up is like all of these things work together and it's not always easy to attribute stuff. So it's important to have high quality showcase your offer and make sure that your branding is front and center so that people do when they are in market for whatever your product was, they will go Google search it. Yeah, exactly. Don't get too tied up in the whole attribution game because you're not going to solve it. We've got to look at it as a healthy ecosystem. Facebook or YouTube is just going to be another cog in that wheel maybe maybe if you're starting youtube for the first time look at the overall brand lift so since we started youtube overall this is how much we've increased our volume or we've dropped our cost per acquisition another trick you can do is if you're running branded search on your google ads have a look and see how your branded search traffic or conversions increases once you start youtube you can even go in a search console 
and look at how many people are actually searching for your brand in general. That's just a little trick where you can get an idea. We spend X amount on, on YouTube. Do we see a lift in people searching for our brand? Yeah. Great. Are there any specific kinds of businesses that you recommend YouTube ads for? Or is it, how do you think, approach different types of businesses differently with YouTube ads? Yeah, I think anybody could be successful on YouTube ads with the right offer, the right funnel, and the right creative. Some of the ones that might lend themselves a bit better to YouTube is like people who are solving a very specific problem that and people are going to YouTube for that problem. There's countless of them out there. <laughs> yeah, there's, but, what, what I've found is that it's, like Will said, when you have, and this could be like an info, more an info-based business. So, Will, I remember we were running ads for very well-known Mindset coach, mindset coach, yeah. yeah, yeah, and who had, and I think that was the example you gave of walking down the street, holding up an iPhone and talking. The content was so strong mm-hmm. and on point, and then that's running to a specific landing page and an offer, and everything kind of fits. The expectation when people watch the video is matched when they go to the landing page and follows on from there. Now, where I find it more difficult is if, so for example, in e-com, if you're running videos to about a product and then you just run to a product page on Spotify, that is where I found it more difficult versus if you have a specific la- new landing page for that product where the video, where that landing page is specifically set up with more content all about this product rather than just a product page, click here to add. It's kind of, it's a disconnect from the experience because if you have a really strong video and people are engaged and they're watching and it's building up it's building up oh, i'm going to click on here it just lands on the product page it kind of it's a change in experience so that's what i've experienced now the other thing we've seen in a google ad account which was not running youtube but is now running youtube and is crushing it and this is something a lot of people don't know you can actually use any video on youtube as an ad in your google ad account any video you can take any video on youtube from your competitors i don't know why you wouldn't run a video from your competitors but you could if you wanted to not many people know that they a lot of people think you actually have to upload the video that you created and you have to use that as your ad now of course there's relationship considerations there but in the fine print when you upload a video to youtube you're actually checking a box saying anybody can use this video for Use for advertising. But what happened in this one account was this influencer, this product was for a, uh, it's a very privacy focused product for protecting your devices against like interference or being tracked and things like that. Very niche, very, very niche. But what happened was the, an influencer, a very well known authority in the space, created a review video about this product. All of a sudden, the revenue in the account just shot up. And to this day, the performance in the account was here. It was still good, but then it just lifted to here and it stayed there because of this one video from this influencer. And we've actually been able to take this video from, of this influencer. We asked their permission, of course, but we're using it as an ad, even though we didn't create it. And it's performing really well. That's the kind of impact. If you can connect with someone who is an, a key opinion leader or has a lot of influence in your niche and they can create a video and that video generates a lot of organic engagement you can use that video as an ad as well and in this case it works really well that's awesome that's a really excellent tip i don't think that's 
we hit on that hard enough even. If you are already successful on TikTok and Meta and you likely have some raving fans, I would go, you're recommending is to go search YouTube for those raving fans and their videos and then run those videos as your ad with CTA to your landing page. Yeah. And people always trust it more when it's not coming from you or yeah, the brand some, themselves. It's somebody you know, else. It's That's one, right. Yeah. yeah. Social proof. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, just to go back to what kind of businesses work best, like I was saying, solve a specific problem. So that's obviously very broad. If you think about it, let's say like a generic t-shirt or a generic toy brand, it's not really solving a specific problem. But let's say if it's a toy that gets your baby to sleep, that would be a really good ad to put in front of a custom audience where you preload it with keywords, how to get my baby to sleep. Why is my baby not sleeping? There are reasons why people are going to YouTube with a very specific high intent. So if you have a product that solves that problem, that's going to work really well. And that's like what we were doing with the mindset thing as well, Nick. So it was all keywords around how to have a better mindset. I mean, that'd be a high intent product, something with the babies to sleep. Yeah, that, that's high. top of mind. Top of mind for me at the minute with a new baby. <laughs> Well, excellent. You guys have any uh, any further thoughts or points about YouTube to talk about? Not off the top of my head. I think we've yeah, we've covered a lot. Yeah, I feel like this we did cover a lot. I mean, we already have lots of great ideas for future videos, both more educational and even customer acquisition show topics. Will and Nick, thank you so much for joining us today and for everybody watching. If you enjoyed customer acquisition show in general or this episode specifically, please share it with your friends and coworkers and subscribe to see future episodes of the customer acquisition show. And if you are interested in having tier 11 run your YouTube or any other social advertising, please head over to tier11.com and there's a big old pink button. You click that and fill out a little form, and we'd be happy to talk to you about running your paid traffic. Well, thank you guys for joining us. And until next time, see ya. Thanks for listening to the Customer Acquisition Show. Take the next step toward growing your customer base. Visit tier11.com and request your customized growth plan. And remember to hit the follow button so you can be notified of future episodes.